Well, good morning, everyone. Everyone's well? Yeah, good. I, I heard some chuckles and some snickers when the kids came up here because there were only two. And Heather leans over and says, normally there's 30 up there. So uh, apparently I caused the second exodus and uh, everyone disappeared to Mishawa. Praise the Lord. All right, so we're going to do this uh, dual tag team thing. The PowerPoint guys are strapped in. You've got to strap in seatbelts because I've got a lot that I want to share with you this morning. And it's not that uh, I just want to keep preaching all day. It's just that I'm overwhelmed with this message myself. And it's out of the overflow of, of absorbing this message in my own life that I just want to spill it out and share it with everyone. And hopefully you're going to catch some of this. Now, I'd really hope that my family, that's your cue. Oh, they're good. They're real good. I had really hoped my family could come. We took this photo shoot yesterday, uh, but we just, uh, we've been hosting uh, dozens, literally dozens of family and out-of-town guests, and we too are headed up to camp, not to Mishawa, but somewhere else, and we're going to hear Bill Prankard speak this week about First Nations ministry, um, but I thought I'd introduce you digitally to my wife, uh, Catherine, had her birthday yesterday, been married 18 years now, and uh, our firstborn, Micah. Uh, he's just a handsome young guy. And then Genoa, and this is why we're really excited to go hear Bill Prankard speak, because our daughter is Cree, First Nations. And so to be able to connect even more with the, uh, the message and the ministry that Bill has is exciting for us. But as Wayne alluded to, I am second. Uh, so I am second. What, what is this? Have, have you ever seen, who's seen an I am second video and knows what we're talking about? Wow. We could have shown a video here this morning. All right, when you go home... Get out your computer, type in I am second. The idea is I'm no longer uh, number one. It's not all about me serving me, myself, and I because I found Christ. So there was a time in my life where I was far from God. Then I met God. He made a difference in my world. So I'm no longer number one. I'm second. He's first. I place others ahead of me and I take the place of being second. Okay, and we've got these video series. They're free. They're downloadable. Watch them. Enjoy them. Uh, it's just a simple black room and a white chair and a lot of faces that you're going to recognize from pop culture and society and celebrities and influential people. And they sit down in an intimate story and say, here's what I went through and here's how I became second. And uh, we, as E3 partners, we launched this video series and God surprised us and dropped into our lap this phenomenal tool. And it went viral and 200 million people have watched these videos around the world. It's crazy. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So at, at this point now, every hour we're seeing at least around 2,000 people tracking and watching these videos in 204 countries. It's totally gone global. And it's been such a surprise to us. But that, those, those videos, what's the point of them? What's the point of a story? Well, Revelation talks to us about the fact that they overcame him, the enemy, how? By the blood of the Lamb, right? And the word of the testimony. And that's all they are. They're simple testimonies. And any one of you who's in Christ Jesus could sit in the white I am second chair and give your story of here's my life before Christ, here's what happened and how I met him, and now here's my life today. And if I don't preach too long, we might learn how to craft those today, those kind of testimonies. Norm Miller, he says, I be, he, he was reading in the scripture, this, this fellow is the, the chairman 
of Interstate Batteries. You've seen the, the brand Interstate Batteries? They have 350,000 retail stores globally. I didn't know companies could get that big. And he was reading his Bible, and this verse jumped off the page. It says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And what is Jesus referring to here? If I be lifted up, hung on the cross, I will draw all men unto myself. And Norm asked the question when he read this. He says, Lord Jesus, heaven forbid, I don't want to crucify you again, but if I lift you up somehow in society today, if we make you famous, if we can get your face in front of people again and not be rejected by pop culture and by society, if we lift you up and make your name great, will you draw men to yourself again? And that's what happened to start the I'm Second work in the videos. And you know what the answer was? Yes. If we lift Jesus up, and you don't have to have a website to do it, if you, Trinity EMC, if you lift up Jesus in your life, at your workplace, as you're going about your grocery shopping, will he in fact draw people to himself through you? Insert yes here. Okay, thank you. Oh, goodness. Wow, they've fallen asleep already. All right, praise the Lord. All right, here's what the status is in Canada. French Canada, 40 years ago, boasted 86% adherence to Catholicism. Okay? Quebec saw the most rapid decline of any Western nation. Today, the Catholic Church has gone from 86% of society to 6%. Now, I know their expression of worship and their theology is different. Whatever. It should still sicken us that 86% of the society goes down to 6%. 80% of people who had some adherence to faith walked out the back door and they turned them into condos. Are you okay with that? No. A staggering 0.6% call themselves evangelical believers today in Quebec. This is my country. This is not right. This is not fair. This is not how it should be. Okay, in the United States, 48 people out of 160 say that they're born-again Christians. You kind of say, well, that's better than here. But that still means 112 people are going to die out of 160 without knowing Jesus. Is there something wrong with that number? Insert yes here. Okay, what about Canada? We're slightly less. 16 people out of 160, so 10% of our society approximately, and that number might be actually higher than it truly is. That still means 144 people. So if you walk out this door and you go to the grocery store, that means that probably 9 out of 10 people that you pass are going to die one day and go into a Christless eternity. Are we okay with this? Insert no here. Okay? This is the message. This is the state of the union here. And then Quebec, if you want the infographic to go all the way down to Quebec, 0.6%. That means that one person, one person, person out of 160 are following Christ. And so, how many of you are hockey fans? Yeah? Okay. Not me. (laughs) That's okay though. If you were to go to the Bell Center in Montreal, so for each group of 16 born-again believers in Quebec, 2,544 people will die without knowing Christ. So, we put a number in here, 114. Are we around there this morning? Getting close to that number? The equivalent number of people who would die without knowing Jesus today in Quebec would fill the Bell Center to its capacity at 18,240 people. 
There's something wrong with this. This is my country. We were designed to multiply. Okay? We are designed to reach the world. I need a, I need a missionary. Brother, are you going to be a missionary? I just saw that. I go, oh, not me. <laughs> Would you be willing to be a quick volunteer? All right. All right. And I, I need another one. Come on up. Come on up. And I need another person to reach this side of the world. Would you be willing? Okay, good. So this is our classic pastor man. All right. So he's going to be, you know, heavy lifter. He's going to go out. He's going to win somebody to Christ and bring them back to church. Could you go evangelize the world? Bring one back to your church, please. Thank you. This is our multiplying pastor who isn't going to take it all on her shoulders. What she's going to do, she's going to win somebody to Christ, bring her back to the church, but she's going to approach it differently. Please go win one for Jesus. All right. You hard-hearted people, we don't have time for this. Pick one. Let's go. <laughs> All right? Okay. <laughs> don't kill the analogy. <laughs> okay? All right. So the net result is the same. You're both making a difference in this country by reaching people, okay? But you're in this model of addition where you're like, okay, I'm going to bring them back and we're just going to gather and hope that people catch it and go out. So, but ultimately, pastor, you're responsible for evangelism in this model. So you're going to go out and you're going to find one while you stay back at the church and pray. However, you have just taken this brother under your wing and you have spent extra time and you've discipled him and you've equipped him and said, look, you're responsible to share with people around you as well. Both go out and get somebody and bring him back. All right? Do you see where we're going? All right. All right. Come on up. You don't know about that. Okay? If we stay in the model in which I was raised, okay, I, this isn't just purely fictitious. This is the model in which I was raised. It's pastor's responsibility to do this. They are the change agent because God called them. So go in one more for Jesus. But each of you, you are spending time, you're discipling one another, and even the young people are valuable to the kingdom of God. Amen? Right on. Okay, so you're all going to go out and get somebody for Jesus, bring them back. All right. All right. Now look, we're not we're not knocking the addition-based model. Okay? If this is the the model that you're raised in, if this is how you've been bent, okay, but there is more. There's another way. Okay, so you are <laughs> You've been promoted now to a uh, resident evangelist. Okay, go out and get one more. And each of you, you're going to disciple one another, okay? And you're passing the torch on to each other. You're training each other in the way you should go and reach one more for the sake of the gospel. <laughs> All right. So they are now starting to reach the ends of the earth, if you notice that. The far-flung corners. <laughs> yeah. That's an idea. <laughs> okay. So, the visual is so clear and so quick. And if we had the luxury of more time, but I really want to get to some good, deep scriptures with you. Um, but if we had more time, we'd do this till the entire church is up here. 
all right? Because none of you are exempt from being a part of evangelism, by the way. All right? I've heard that phrase that not all called, not all are gifted to evangelism, but all are called. Therefore, go. And what? Make disciples. Pastor, you're the only one, right? No. Therefore, as we are going, make disciples of whom? Of everyone. Of all nations. What do we do with them? We disciple them. How? We baptize them. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then what do we do? Teach them. Not just in knowledge. Not just in Sunday school. Not just in preaching and lecturing. But teaching them to obey. How do we obey? By go! Do you get it? Alright, you guys have all been wonderful volunteers. Thank you so much. (laughs) Alright, thanks so much. But you see... You see visually, but now I'm going to present to you the biblical case for multiplication. And if you're taking notes, be prepared. We're going to move pretty quickly because I want you to see the bigger narrative of Scripture that it is in the heart of God that we are to multiply, that this model in the visual that we just did is to multiply, that each of us would have the mantle of leadership that God has bestowed on you. If you are in Christ, therefore you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And then it says that He's given you a ministry of reconciliation. You have become an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no person within the sound of my voice that is exempt this morning from this calling. And if you haven't started walking in it, feel no burden or judgment at all. But consider, is this something I need to add into my life starting today? Okay, so that's where we're going. So what is God's mission? Okay, and we're going to look at some scriptures. We're going to start in Genesis. We're going to end in Revelation. And then we're going to make it really practical. And I'll teach you some tools on how to share with your neighbor all in 20 minutes. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28 says, Then God said, Let us make... Mankind in our image. And how? In our likeness. So that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the livestock and the wild animals, over all the creature. God gave it all, didn't He? And so God created mankind in His own image. And it's bold and highlighted. In the image of God, He created you. Male and female, He created them. He created you in His image. God blessed them. Insert you or me. God blessed me. He blessed us. And then said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, and what? What does it say? Fill the earth. Okay, that's a key phrase. Right in the very beginning of God's uh, interaction with humanity, He says, go, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over it, all of this stuff. And then we get to Genesis chapter 3 and what happens so quickly? The fall of man. You're blessed. You get everything. You get all the animals. You get everything. It's yours. Fill the earth. Boom. The fall of man. Then Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 to 5, it says, And humans began to increase in number on the earth. Daughters were born to them. The Lord saw how great their wickedness had become. And the human race had become on the earth. And every inclination of the heart, of the human heart, was only evil all the time. It's just so crazy sometimes how you see the blessing of God and how quickly we just fall into our messes, right? 
on the side I do painting and uh, I paint houses and make a couple extra bucks as people have need, whatever, you know, and somebody said, oh, you're the guy who takes messes and turns them into blessings. I'm like, I'm going to put that on my invoices from now on. All right? But spiritually, our lives are a little different. It's like God has blessed us and, and, and we turn it into messes. All right? And so not long after Genesis chapter 6 rolls out, then it keeps continuing on. And then the flood comes. There's, there's this blessing, this sin, this response, and God's redeeming things. His plan is to redeem all of the earth, and yet everyone, every inclination of the human heart is wicked. And then Genesis 9, it says that God then, what does he do? He, again, blesses his people, Noah and his son, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and what? Fill the earth. And then we're right back into a mess. The Tower of Babel. You see? The blessing, the fall. The blessing of God. And then the inclination of the heart of man. But everything intrinsic in this is to fill the earth. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. And as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and they settled there and they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build for ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we can make a name for ourselves. Whose name was supposed to be great? The name of God. But they said, let's make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we might be scattered over the face of the earth. Wait a second. (laughs) Yeah, that's what God wanted. Right from the beginning, God's heart said, what? Fill the earth. And they're saying, "Uh uh-uh, lest we be scattered over the whole earth. The very thing that God designed is what we pushed against. Okay? So then we get, God says, okay, I'm going to pick a man. I'm going to pick a family line. And they're going to be a part of this being change agents in the world. And the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's household. Go to the land I will show you and I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people's on the earth will be blessed through you. And then we come to Exodus chapter 19, this foundational moment in the Old Testament. It says, if you obey me fully and keep my commandment, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. God's setting it up. And you're going to see it in the New Testament as well where this applies to us. But you will be my treasured possession. The Ten Commandments come along and we'll see at the bottom there it says, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but don't have God speak to us or we will die. Again, because of the inclination of the heart of men being wicked, they were even afraid to hear from God. And yet God is blessing them. And so Exodus chapter 20, verses 18 to 21, Moses says to the people, don't be afraid. God has come to test you so the fear of God will be with you and keep you from sinning. He's trying. He's appealing to the people. God is with you. He's for you. But the people remained at a distance. So we flip over to the, to the New Testament. Is all this Old Testament stuff, is that just like Old Covenant and it doesn't apply to us? Well, it's clear all the way into the New. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you, you Trinity, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into wonderful light 
If you are in Christ Jesus this morning, you can say, He called me out of darkness and into wonderful light. And it's your vocation, your calling, your anointing to go out there and share that with people. Isaiah 49 says, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach where? To the ends of the earth. Fill the earth. Ends of the earth. It's all throughout. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May He make His face to shine upon us. You know that from the benediction. So that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation where? Amongst all nations. The heart of God, the mission of God is for all people on the face of the planet to know Him. It is not good enough for 0.6% of Quebecois to know the Lord Jesus. May the people praise You, God. May all the people praise You. May God bless us still so that the ends of the earth will fear Him. It's in the heart of God. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, for the earth will be filled. This isn't just a hopeful. This will happen. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And do you know how that's going to happen? As we declare His praises. It's us. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. But He washed it white as snow. And now it's my job to share that. Isn't it something? Malachi says, My name will be great among all the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets in every place where incense and burned offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations. And then the great commission. We talked about it already. Jesus said, All authority is given, therefore go. Make disciples. We jump forward, we see when the Holy Spirit comes and He says you will receive power when the Spirit comes on you and you will be what? My witnesses. Now you're filling all the earth, you're going out there, and as you're going, you're going to be my witnesses. How do you be a witness? You share Christ with others. First in your local Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the ends of the earth. We talked about this one already. 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who is reconciling us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry. Folks, are you in Christ Jesus? Okay? And if that's embarrassing to ask in church, I'm sorry. <laughs> are you in Christ Jesus? If you're in Christ Jesus, and you can say in your heart, and you don't want to put up your hand, that's okay. But if I am in Christ Jesus, it says, you've been given the ministry. Yeah. If you're in Jesus, you're a minister of the gospel. You don't have to wait for pastor man to get out there and do the ministry. It was never designed that way. Right from Genesis to this point in 2 Corinthians, it was never designed for the pastor to be the minister of the gospel. Although he did a great job. Okay? Do you see it? Are you seeing the bigger heart of Scripture for being a witness? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. The Son understands slowness. Instead, He's patient with you. Many of you feel like, I can't share Jesus because God's not patient with me because my sin is so big that I could never share the good news with somebody else. But wait a second, I think my Bible said something about Him being patient with you. 
not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. This is good. This is pleasing for God our Savior who wants whom? All people to be saved and come to a knowledge of truth. And we get to the end of the book in Revelation. After this I looked and there before me, one day we will see this, that there will be a great multitude that nobody could count from every tribe, every nation, every people, and every language standing before the throne of God and before the Lamb. And they'll be wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hand. And why will they be there? Because somebody chose to be second and put their life down. A phrase the worship leader used, to die to themselves. How do you die to yourself? Well, Jesus paid the price once and for all, so dying to myself is agreeing with the cross of Jesus, which brought me salvation, and every day I thank Jesus for my salvation and not wallow in my sin and condemnation. That's how I die to myself. And every time I pick that up and proclaim Jesus to somebody else, they might stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords holding palm branches and wearing white robes for all of eternity. Does that break your heart or what? Insert yes here. And yet, we live in this tension. Yet the reality is, that's God's heart. Yet in the past hour, 72 women and children were sold into slavery. 237 people died from HIV and AIDS. 869 people died from chronic hunger. 1,250 people died from preventable diseases. And every one and a half seconds, somebody on this planet will die and enter a Christless eternity. Many of whom had never even heard the name of Jesus. It's not fair. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Agreed? Can you go to the stoplight screen? It's four or five slides down. I'm just going to give you a couple of quick little tools, and I'm doing it no justice in terms of time. Okay, But I want you to know, if you dare step into this ministry this week, you're going to encounter various responses. You're going to get some people who say no. Did you ever expect that in Canada? <laughs> you're going to get people who say no, they're just not interested. And if you go out there and do a thousand knocks on the door, Hey, could I talk to you about Jesus? No. Okay then. All right. That's okay. Well done, good and faithful servant. And you're going to meet some people who are ready to have a conversation with you. We call them yellow light folks. They're cautious. They're taking some steps forward. Maybe if it's like, I don't know about you and you're driving, you see a yellow light, you speed up. But that's not always the case with uh, spiritual dynamics. Often people who are yellow light in our, in our rubric here, they go a little slowly and they're willing to talk, but they're not ready to receive Jesus. Spend time with those people. Counsel them. Care for them. And then, of course, you're going to find people who are green lights. They're ready to receive Jesus. And don't just bring them to church. Here's the extension of that visual. Don't just bring them to church. Spend time with them. Sure, bring them to church, but spend time with them. Disciple them, care for them, love them. Immediately teach them that their identity is in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. You've been made an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now take them together with you to the streets and start to share with the next person. So who's on your list? Let's make this really practical as we land this ship. 
Okay? Let's go to the one, there's two, two slides down, this one here. Okay? If you've got a paper and pen and you've been taking notes, or even if you've got a phone with a notes app on it, I encourage you to take it out right now. Alright? And the me, insert your name. Okay? If you can't draw it out and it's on a note, just put your name, Jeremy, or whatever your name is. Don't put my name because I'm not responsible for these people in your world. All right? Put down your name and then just pause right now. Ask Holy Spirit to bring forward one or two or three or ten names of people that are in your sphere of influence. Either start with your immediate family. Okay? Are there any brothers of yours that don't know Jesus or not following him? Write it down. Okay? Are there any sisters that are not following Jesus in your family? What about your aunts and uncles? Grandkids? Write them down. This is your new prayer list. Okay, and then take it a little further out. What about your workplace? George, on the construction crew. Doesn't know Jesus. It's obvious. <laughs> Write down his name. Write down her name from your job, from your workplace. Those of you who are nurses, maybe you know other nurses in the profession that aren't followers of Jesus. Maybe you're a nurse, not only to care for the patients, but also to care for those individuals that you work with. And then take it even further out. Some of you said you like hockey. You play on a hockey team. Who's on my team that doesn't know Jesus? Now, by show of hands, how many of you easily can point out dozens of people in my life, in my sphere of influence, that don't follow Jesus? That is your mission field. Right there. So I encourage you, because again, we haven't done it any justice in terms of timing this morning, go ahead, work on that list when you get home, and make it an exhaustive list. And if you think I can't come up with any names, then go to Facebook. <laughs> All right? This is Facebook for Jesus. Click, click, click. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. They, oh, look at his picture. He doesn't follow Jesus. No. <laughs> All right? And then if you get an opportunity to share with any of these folks, I want to just quickly model this tool for you. And again, time won't do it much justice. But I'm going to show you the three circles gospel tool at the end of this service. So that this is a tool that you can use. So as you go and you connect with George one day, you can say to him, George, I know that you like hockey. Why don't you go to this website, IamSecond.com, and watch Mike Fisher. He's got a story there, and since you like hockey, it makes sense. You'll watch that story. And then I'm going to take you out for coffee. I want to talk to you about some stuff. Use the I'm Second videos to break down the walls in people's lives. Then be praying for these people. And then now you can do this. If you get to presenting the story of the gospel with them, maybe you start with this first circle. Okay? Brokenness. And so draw it out. Just a piece of paper. Just draw a circle and say, hey, George, would you agree with me that there's a lot of brokenness in the world? Okay, and let's all pretend you're George. And you all say, uh-huh. Insert yes here. All right. Okay, give me an example of brokenness in the world. Sorry? Dishonesty. War. Addiction. Abuse. 
Divorce. Okay, there's all sorts of brokenness that we face in our lives. And you're going to find that people will agree with you right there. Yep, there's brokenness. However, this was not God's design. God's design for the world, his plan, was that this world would be perfect and pure. And the very best thing he created is you and me. Do you realize that? God loves you, George. Sometimes you see it in an incredible sunset or when Wayne takes you paddleboarding and you see the sun going down. <laughs> right? And you just see the fingerprint of God. You realize there's something more in this life than just what you're going through, Mr. George. Would you agree? So how did we go from this perfect world to all this brokenness, George? Sin. The Bible says we all sin. We all fall short of God's plan. Have you ever sinned, George? <laughs> yeah. So have I. Okay, the Bible says that the wages of our sin is death and separation from God, but the gift of God, it's eternal life. How? It's through Jesus. God sent His own Son, Jesus. He came to the earth. He died on a cross to pay the price for our brokenness, and then three days later, He rose again. When He did that, He became the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He paid the price for your brokenness and mine, George. But here's the deal. It's like receiving a gift. If we don't turn from our sin and we just go on living our life doing more sin, we never receive His gift. But if we receive His gift and we pray and start to follow Him and trust Him as that King of kings and Lord of lords, then we'll begin to follow Jesus. We'll be restored. We'll recover all this brokenness in our lives and God will start to clean us up and send us back out into this world. George, God loves you very much. There's only two people in this world, George. There's those who are stuck in their brokenness and don't know how to get out and those who have been redeemed and turned around because of God's plan in their life by following Jesus. Where do you find yourself, George? You see how simple it is? A piece of paper and a pen or a stick and some dirt. So, in closing, you can use that and, and, and feel free if you're taking notes, write this down, Life Conversation Guide. That's where you can find more about this on the internet and learn more about this tool. But I'm telling you folks, God designed you for multiplication. And if you're too scared to tell people about Jesus because you don't know how, now you've got a simple, easy tool. All right? Let me say this, I don't know you, I don't know who's in this congregation this morning and you may have just heard that picture and you're saying, I'm still stuck in my brokenness. I've never turned to follow Jesus. Well, maybe today's your day to follow Jesus. Right here in this service. Okay? And maybe many of you are thinking, I've never stepped into this ministry role. I've never taken that on. Well, maybe today we can do that. Make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, would I be able to pray with you? All right. And as you bow your head, just consider in your own heart, what is it, God, that I am to do in response to this? You said, therefore, go and make disciples and, and, and baptize them and teaching them to obey. So now the question for you is, how am I going to obey the Word of God that we heard this morning in my life this week. Allow the Spirit to speak specific, measurable things that you can live out this week. Or maybe there's somebody specific that's coming to mind as you're praying and, and maybe God is asking you to go and share this Gospel using three circles with them. So let me pray for you. Father, 
Uh, it's been a journey this morning diving deep into the Scriptures and your heart and your fingerprint for reaching every person on this planet is all throughout Scripture. And our hearts have been melded and broken. Some of us because we've been completely inactive and not engaging the harvest at all. And others, are, our hearts are melded and broken because... How, how can it be that every 1.5 seconds somebody's going to walk into a Christless eternity without you? No, that doesn't make sense, Lord. So, Father, as we've quieted our hearts and as we're praying, you've brought names of people to mind. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would use the people of this church to even go out and reach one more for Jesus and to raise them up and train them up to reach one more for Jesus. That you would start, Lord, a tidal wave of spiritual influence and spiritual territory that this church will take back. God, we pray that as a result of what You've given us this day and what You gave us in lifting Yourself up on that cross, Lord, that through us, Lord, You'd use that to see many saved. We commit this to You, Lord. This scares some of us. It scares many of us. Because we just get nervous about speaking. But lift that off us, Lord. And I pray that this week, these friends who have been in this room would find a new infused boldness because of the Holy Spirit in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.